Hey, 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 wonderful Wednesday. Happy holiday season. Oh my goodness, time is flying. December the 20th, 1220. Welcome to the Cold Calling Podcast. I just want to make sure, can y'all hear me? Woo! Let's make sure that we clear out the eardrums. We got a doozy for you today. And uh, I'm your host. Larry Long Jr., CEO, Chief Energy Officer of LLJR Enterprises, happy to bring you the Cold Calling Podcast, sponsored by my great friends, Monster Connect, rawr, leveraging technology, leveraging human capital, and actual people to deliver you, yes, you, actual conversations. Imagine that, actually getting decision makers on the phone, 8 to 12 per hour, how you like them apples. Now, our goal with this podcast is to help you, sales professionals, sales leaders, take your game to that next level. And in that realm, I am honored. I am privileged. I am absolutely blessed. Hashtag too blessed to be stressed to welcome today's guest. Not only is she the co-founder of a community of 42,000 plus. Yeah, you heard me, 42,000 plus. She's a mentor. She's a two-time Salesforce top sales influencer, a revenue enablement leader, a podcast host of What Is Your Legacy, which I've had the honor of joining. She's my great friend, and I am absolutely honored to welcome her to the stage. Let's give a warm, Cold Calling Podcast, welcome to Galem Garvey! Larry, 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 that was an excellent introduction. Thank you so much. And just being here and hearing you, it just, it fires me up. It warms up my heart. And I'm so, so excited and honored to be on your show. Thank you. The, The feeling is mutual. And thank you for joining. I like to get started with a segment that I call the who, the what, and the why. I'm, I'm 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 triple stacking the questions. Who are you? What do you do? And why do you do it? Yeah. So you've already introduced me. Great introduction, because I don't love to introduce myself. As you know, I avoid it at all times. Uh, so thank you. So yeah, a little bit more to who I am. Let's start there and then what and the why. Um, so I'm Gyalem Girmay. I was a salesperson, started out as a BDR, then became an account executive, and now I'm in sales enablement. And I absolutely love this. And I'll tell you more about why in a moment. Um, so that's who I am, born and raised in Sweden. Uh, and like I said, what I do is uh, revenue enablement manager is my position right now for a tech company and I absolutely love it because I get to be in the day-to-day with all of our reps, all the way from SDRs and BDRs, all the way to global account directors. So it's a big range and I absolutely love that uh, perspective and that experience uh, to be part of that and, and various teams globally. And then why I do what I do is because when I was a sales rep, I quickly learned that There were key things that I love about sales, uh, but then what I really, really enjoy that brought me meaning uh, was the ability to help other people. And it started with helping my peers uh, from an early stage as a BDR and mentoring them and, and, and getting them to the next level. Like I, when I was a BDR, I actually had peers that had onboarded 
and mentor that got promoted into the next level before I did. And it kind of stung a little bit in the beginning, right? When you're like, hey, <laughs> when's my promotion coming? But it's also a testament to where the true passion is, I think. Um, so yeah, hopefully that answers the, the three areas to kick this off with. Oh, you crushed it. You crushed it. And I'm going to unpack some of that. But first things first, before we get down to business, I call this spill the tea. I understand (laughs) there's congrats in order and I see you glowing. I I just got to know my my heart uh, or or my heart. Hold on. Let me find it. I got I got my hearts around here somewhere. I got I got so much stuff on my desk. My heart is fluttering. Congrats are in order. Do tell. What's you, the special occasion? So uh, I got engaged recently. <laughs> yes. So I'm, I'm starting to use my left hand more. I'm right-handed naturally, but, you know, I got to practice now, <laughs> waving with the left hand. So, yes, thank you. It's absolutely wow. Cool. wow, wow, wow. This is a cold calling podcast first. The engagement, <laughs> new, fresh, newlyweds. Congratulations. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Congrats. I love it. So um, you talked about mentoring, you talked about coaching, and it sounds like you were too good of a coach where you helped your peers actually elevate and escalate ahead. Have you always been that way in terms of helping and serving others, kind of that coach mentality? Yes, I have from a young age because I am a middle child, uh, one out of five, right in the middle with two younger sisters, two older brothers. So naturally from a young age, I was really helpful with my family. I didn't have a choice, right? And you know a bit of my history personally, being born and raised in Sweden, growing up in two different foster families. It wasn't really a choice not to be helpful to other people around me, right? Especially my own family. So from a young age, that's like on a personal level where it started, but then I could see this continuing on, right, in school and in a professional world as well, uh, the older I got, that I naturally tended to fall into uh, that position of helping other people, as well as helping myself. Won't say I didn't try to do that as well, right, but naturally really enjoy making sure that people are set up for success. Oh, I love it. I love it. Now, you've got such a tight pulse, boom, boom, of what's going on with your sellers. You talked about being involved in the day-to-day, which I absolutely love. I'm curious. I'm putting on my thinking cap. What are some of those top challenges that you're seeing? What's the the beat on the street specifically around outbound prospecting, whether it's picking up this 500 pound phone, whether it's the email, whether it's so, what what are some of those top challenges that you're seeing out there in the market? Yeah. The biggest one is just the reluctance, the reluctance to do anything new, right? Anything different. Uh, If you've never made a a cold call in your life before, you haven't done it frequently enough to build up that muscle, to be both comfortable and confident doing it, then it's really challenging, right? It's, It's building a new muscle. It's practicing that. It's having the right tools in place knowing what to say, when to say it, how to say it. It's a lot of different components, right? It's like baking something and you can't just throw it all together and and hope for the best outcome once you put it in the oven. It's like, no, you have to really be mindful about what do you put in first? What are the different steps that you take? What's the time to nurture this, right? To bake it. That's like where most people, I, I believe, tend to 
have more challenges around is just knowing what do I do? When do I do it? How do I get this across in the way I intended to? Because you can come in with one intention, but have a different outcome. And so it's making sure to align what that looks like and be very clear on a purpose. I've also had conversations with ref where there doesn't sound to me like there's a clear reason to the why, right? Just like you asked me earlier, tell me about who you are, what you do and why. If you're not sure about why you're doing something, then you can't expect to have the outcome that you're desiring at the end, which is typically more pipeline, more revenue, booking that call, right? Having a meaningful conversation. So be clear on those things, which then goes into this overarching uh, theme of reluctance being one of those things, right? Reluctance to making the call. Uh, and that could also be the not being sure of how do I put together the best email to reach out to someone? How do I personalize this so it actually is personal to them? And so there's a few, I think, themes and categories we could talk about. But uh, when I, I love cold calling, just personally, that was always my go-to as a sales rep. I like avoided emails as much as possible unless it was for follow-ups. So yeah, I, I'm always a bit biased towards cold calling. <laughs> Wow, you're, you're the perfect guest, and I love to hear that. Now, now I'm hearing the intentionality and reason behind your why, the call reluctance to pick up the phone, uh, ensuring that you know what to do and when to do it. I'm curious, and, and I'm going to stack questions. I, I'm guilty. I know you're not supposed to stack questions, but I'm curious. Okay. I would love to know your thoughts around, I think Alan Iverson said it best, Practice. We're going to talk about practice, oh, yeah. not the game. Oh, what are your yeah. thoughts around practice? And then I also want you to roll into the strategy, because when you're talking about what do I do as a cold caller, as a seller to build pipe, when do I do it? That that you're, you're playing chess in my mind. It's the strategy. So practice and strategy. I'm curious. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's it's thinking about it as a playbook, right? Because you you made this reference to Allen Iverson, basketball player, right? And you have a playbook. You come into this game and even the practice session beforehand with an intention, right? What's the playbook? What are we being told? What is our coach telling us to do? So if I am a basketball player, I'm a sales rep, I am now the person who's going to be on the field doing the thing which is in this case, in this example, cold calling. I'm going to have my coaches, which is going to be my manager, my enablement managers, uh, the people kind of assistant coaches, right, who are there to help and support you. Those are the ones that's going to fuel this strategy, which is the playbook. So we have pretty clear guidance on best practices, how we want everyone to go in the same motion doing similar things, but in their own authentic voice, right? So it's not that you can say that everyone's doing the exact same thing and send the exact same messages and sound exactly the same on the phone. That is not the case because everyone have a different personality. Everyone have a different superpower. A lot of people speak different languages and a lot of reps live in different countries. So a lot of variables, right? So you can never be the same. The outcome can never be the same, but the playbook, the foundation is the same, right? So that's the strategy is having a clear playbook and refining that and practicing comes becomes part of that. So we have to set up kind of the structure around the outcome. So 
I'll give you a great example of this because the, the theme of the topic is cold calling, right? So about seven months back, I was like, okay, I hear loud and clearly from our managers that cold calling is definitely a key thing, initiative across the board, right? So I support them and I work closely with the management team, the BDRs and the sales management team, but starting with the, the people on the front line, right? Who are dealing with the cold calls on a regular daily basis. That's the expectation of their jobs, right? The roles and responsibilities. So from an enablement perspective, the best thing I can do, and I think anyone in this position is to attach yourself to the outcomes of the stakeholders that you work with and essentially report to. That's how I look at it. I won't have a job unless they're successful. So I need to make them successful and their reps successful. So the one initiative I started with months ago, earlier this year, was cold calling blitzes, regular cold calling blitzes. So I think that is a part of the strategy is setting it up in a way where you know what the expectations are, what the desired outcome is gonna be and how you're gonna measure for that success. And then part of it then becomes the continuous practice of those things all, all the time. Ooh, that's powerful right there. I'm hearing some great themes that teamwork makes the dream work. For sure. You're attaching to the team and their outcomes. Mm -hmm. you're, you're supporting them, providing a foundation, and it sounds like bumpers, but allowing folks to tailor it uh, to their individual style. Mm -hmm. And then having continuous and regular cold call blitzes. It's building that muscle now. I, I think I recall back. My memory's not the best. I think I got the memory of an ant or an elephant. I, whichever one has a bad memory, that's me. I'm not sure. I think you have an excellent memory, actually. You remember people's names, places, little key details. <laughs> but you I do. think I remember saying, not only did you host the call blitz, but yeah. you actually, kind of like my family reunions, they say, get in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got in there on the call. Did I see that right? Yes, that was actually just before I kicked that initiative off. I was like, one, you know, the, the challenges, I think, when you've been in a sales role in the past, but if you haven't been in a sales role at the company you work for, especially when you're not in sales anymore, I'm in a supporting role to sales, right? Working in enablement. I think it's so critical that you try to put yourself in their shoes, try to walk a mile in their shoes in their day to day and see what they're going through with the people you're supporting. So I thought that was the best way I can empathize with them. Even though I have the experience, I've been a BDR too. I've been an account executive as well, but I haven't been any of those roles at this company. So it's not fair for me to set up trainings, structures, one-to-one -one conversations, initiatives without fully understanding and having a, a, a real grasp on what their day-to-day -day look like and what conversations actually are in real life for them at this company. Because when I sold, I sold for a different industry. I was in fintech, right? I, and I was then in construction tech, very different from what we're doing here. So I had to understand what they're going through, what the type of conversations they're having, the personas that they're selling to that I haven't sold to before, different conversations, different outcomes. So yes, I think that you have to try and empathize and understand what it is that you're asking of them to do is because is that expectation real, right? Is, is what you're asking them to do and speaking 
to these different personas in these different industries, is that going to make sense to the trainings that you're attaching yourself to have them go through themselves? Is the conversions and the metrics and the outcomes of the KPIs going to make sense to what the time takes to speak to these different people at these different industries at these different locations is it all making sense and if i if i'm so far removed from what their day-to-day look like in reality and that also attached to conversations that they're having the tools and the tech that they're using seeing how that works out right like everything matters so i thought it was really important for me to have a better understanding of their day-to-day and put myself in their shoes and go through that same motion for a few times and then also it creates credibility right because then i also recorded those sessions and anytime i had a one-to-one with a rep i said i've been doing cold calling too like we can practice but you can also watch me do it like from this recording here you go and they've done it and because i shouldn't I, i can't sit here and ask someone to do role playing with me if i'm not willing to be vulnerable because that's really what it is It's about putting yourself out there as a leader and saying, hey, what I'm asking you to do, I've done it myself. And I'm going to show you that I have done it and I can't do it. Otherwise, I wouldn't ask you of it. Ooh, ooh, watch me. Watch me. I got a question out there for all of our (laughs) listeners, to my sales reps. Are your leaders hopping on the phone? Are they showing you what they're working with? Because we see how that builds credibility. It shows that you care. Make sure you ask your leaders, come on and hop on this call blitz with us. We'd love to invite you to join. And for the leaders out there, as Galen said, vulnerability, empathy, understanding what life is like in their shoes. Woo, that's empathy 4.0. You took it to a, a whole different level, Galen. <laughs> now, now, I just called you Galen. We're yeah. gonna spill the tea part two. Yeah. What is the accurate, the real deal, holy field pronunciation of your name? Because I think I've been mispronouncing your name for the past three, four years. It's okay. You know what? I'll I'll give everyone a, a pass, especially Americans will get a pass. It's when you're not American that I have a little bit of a harder time with it. Um, so the the correct pronunciation is Gallum. Gallum. Gallum, yes. Gallum, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure I remember that. No more Gallum, Gallum. Oh, I, shame on me. <laughs> you, you know who would really appreciate that more than I do is actually Alex. Uh, he constantly, when he hears people call me Gallum, he's like, I just want to correct them. And I was like, No, I, I really don't care because that's how I introduced myself to begin with, especially when I lived in the U.S. It was just easier, right? Like. Sometimes you're like, okay, which is the battle I'm going to take today and win? And this was not one of them. (laughs) Oh, that's too funny. But to all the sales professionals out there, making sure that you pronounce people's names right. People love to hear their name and they love to hear their name correctly, not incorrectly. I know if I had any hair, oh, it would would, would make me pull any hair that I did (laughs) have. It's also on the other person to spell it out the correct way to do it or to correct people if they feel like it's needed, right? I think it's a a two-way responsibility here as well. So it's not all on you. Definitely, definitely. Now I'm curious because mindset, I know we've had conversations around mindset, around perspective. I'd love to hear how do you support 
your sellers and how do you support your sales leaders to support their sellers because you're you're in a unique position you support the sellers and you support the leadership of the sellers but when it comes to mindset because we all know that sales isn't a four letter word but it can make you say some four letter words if you know what i mean ah! What, what's your perspective there around the mindset, especially around outbound in which is it's so tough. Uh, we, we all know that, hey, mama said knock you out. I mean, we're getting beat up each and, each and every day. Uh, how, how do you handle that? Yeah, love the gloves. I have mine too in the room actually next to me. <laughs> Not going to put them on. Um, but the mindset, I, I look at it as in, in therapy, almost counseling, right? Half of the time, people just want to be heard. That is half of the battle. Just want to be heard, want to be acknowledged for their feelings, their thoughts, expressions. And so having the ability to open up for a conversation where you can listen and they can be heard, I think it's a good start that goes both ways, right? Both with the reps and with the leaders, right? And it also helps me being in, in, in the middle of that to also be heard, right? And to be able to voice an opinion and a thought. So how I see my position and any enablement position is that what the job is, is to almost, this is the best way I can explain it, is that my job is to serve as a bridge between people and departments. So if I am the bridge, then I have to serve the, the both sides of that bridge, right? You pass the bridge to get to somewhere else because not always can you rely on two different departments to effectively communicate with each other, right? And it's not because there's a dislike, it's just because they have different jobs and responsibilities. So it might not always make sense to be that aligned, right? With what's going on. But if you have an enablement team and dedicated person to a geographical area or for dedicated team, whatever the case is, how it's set up, then that can be and should be the person who now becomes the communicator and the bridge between them. And that's where I think mindset plays a part of is what is the mindset of the people a part of that organization and that team are working closely with each other? How can you overcome some of the things that's keeping you away from doing those things? The reluctance that we talked about around cold calling being one of them, right? Maybe it's the other piece of insecurity. Am I good enough for this job? Maybe it's someone who's like, I'm brand new. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm not seeing the success. How do I get over that? That is the mindset. It's just like training the body, right? When you go to the gym, when you do a sport, right? That is that is your physical body, but it, your physical body can do a lot, a lot more than you think. And I know this because I did boxing, as you're aware of. And my body could sustain a lot in that ring, but you know what actually is what you have to work on is your mindset leading up to that. And that is where it gets proven is when you're in the ring, in the arena, in the moment, making the calls is your mindset and your ability to continue to push through leads up to the other physical aspects of practicing, having the strategy beforehand, right? But when it comes down to it, when it's game time, it's your mindset that you have to work on. That's powerful. The person in the arena, pushing through, mm -hmm. persevering. I love how you talked about being a conduit. You called it being the bridge between mm -hmm. people and departments. Oh, 
And then I love how you shared that people want to be heard. We, yeah. we, we've heard this so many times that, mm -hmm. hey, we've got two ears and one <laughs> mouth for a reason, but sometimes yeah. knowing isn't always doing. Mm. Now, you had mentioned before about call reluctance. And yeah. for our listeners that are out there that are new to sales or maybe not even new to sales, but they're struggling. They're out there struggling with cold calls. They're sitting there looking at the phone saying, oh, do I really want to make this next call and just get beat up? Mm. Now, that's already the mindset. Mm. Any tips? Do you have any top two to three tips that you would tell them right now? If you could speak directly to them, what would you share with them? I would start with identi sorry, identifying what about making the call is making you say no to even taking the first step, right? Identify the root cause of the issue that you're having in front of you. What is the reason? Why do you want to run the other way or not even do anything, right? Not even like avoid finding the right information for the people I'm going to call, the right numbers, making the dials, like setting yourself up for success. What makes you say no? And then if you can start to identify where you're being, where you're getting hung up, is it in, in the fact that your mindset is that, oh, if I call you, Larry, I'm going to be bothering you, right? Do I feel like I'm bothering you? Well, then we have to work on your confidence and your ability to take this step and this action without thinking like, you are the person and the problem here. Usually where this comes from is where people feel like they have been blamed for something like this in their own personal lives in the past, that maybe they were bothering asking too many questions or being a pain and being too much, right? Like we get all these different labels and we carry those labels with us, right? And that's what we have to address. That's something deeper within us that making us feel like if I call you and you don't want to speak to me, I'm going to be rejected and I don't like to be rejected. So therefore, I'm not going to put myself in this position. So if you can identify the root cause of why you don't want to take that particular action, then that's the first step. And then talk about it. Like I said earlier, it's, it's counseling. It's talking about what is stopping you from taking this action. And then you can start to, to, to go deeper and deeper into it. Like, for example, I had a conversation with the rep who uh, was like not really, really keen on making cold calls. And I was like, help me understand why. Right. And we talk about it. And it actually was like my issue, they said, is that I don't know how to say our value prop. I just don't know what to say. I, I get kind of stuck. Right. This is where a lot of people get stuck on their elevator pitch or value prop. Like, oh, I don't know what to do the best thing you can do in that moment is to just start to break it down. So what we did, I said, I acknowledge that. I hear you. This is a, this is difficult, right? It's not easy. Um, if you've never done this before and, and had to put yourself in that position. So how about we, we do an exercise, right? So the one thing we did, and this is something anyone here can do is get together with someone, whether that is a peer or it's a manager or it's someone in enablement, whoever it is, a friend. And, practice this. So the first thing we did was saying, all right, Larry, let's use you as an example. Let's pretend that we are at a networking event and you and I just met each other and I go, hey, Larry, nice to meet you. We know of each other, but I don't really know what you do. So I ask you, hey, what do you do, Larry? What would you respond back to me? So that was the first part of the exercise that we did, right? 
let's pretend we're a networking event. I ask you, what do you do for a living? And this is your opportunity to say your value prop or your elevator pitch. What would you say back? You respond back, right? And usually what happens is it sounds kind of stiff. It sounds very corporate language, right? Like this is what I've been told to say. So I'm going to say it or as close to it as possible. I said, that's fine. I, at this point, I gave no feedback. I just said, thank you for, you know, giving that response. Love to hear it. Now let's move on to a second example. Let's pretend again, hypothetically, we're at this party, right? We just met each other and we were, we know we have a common friend at this party and we meet each other and I go, Hey, Larry, uh, tell me about what you do for a living. How would you respond now? And you tell me. And what's interesting here is that there were two different answers. The one from the networking event and the one from the party were not the same answer because the environment in which their mind was put in was different. And so that is my advice to sales reps is to put yourself in a different location in your mind and speak as natural as you possibly can, right? If you show up to a party, what do you say to these questions? What do you do for a living? How do you help customers? What would you respond back? It's usually something very simple and straightforward. So don't overcomplicate it. Wow, that that's what I call a mic drop moment. Oh my <laughs> goodness. If you are listening, tuning in, make sure that you highlight, you spotlight that right there. That was absolute fire. So thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, Gallum, I hope I got that right. Thank you so much, Gallum, nice. for that fire. Absolute <laughs> fire right there. Now I'm 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 curious. And uh once again, you're you're closest to the action. Hmm. We've had our conversations every six months, uh yeah. just checking in, accountability, action. Yeah. I would love to hear what are you seeing out there when it comes to diversity in the sales uh space and teams and uh diversity of thought, diversity of perspective, of experience, diversity uh racially, gender, just totally diversity. What mm. what what are you seeing? Anything to note out there? Because we've got people who tune in from all across the globe, all across the world, all different backgrounds, all different experiences. And sometimes there's folks I've heard that they, they don't feel like they fit in. They, they, don't, they don't feel that sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious if you're open to sharing, what, what, what are you seeing most recently, kind of the pulse of, of what's going on when it comes to DEI and B? Yeah. Love that you're bringing this up because it's something that's top of mind for me. It's always been top of mind for me. I see it. I acknowledge it. I feel some sort of way about it. Um, and, and let's step away from the specific conversation about sales teams and diversity. Let's talk about the industry because here's where I see a challenge. And it's pretty frightening is the fact that I scroll on my LinkedIn frequently, right? As most of us do. And I see events, I see webinars, I see podcasts, I see communities, I see all sorts of things. And what's really disheartening to me is to see all these kinds of companies not highlighting and not providing space for diversity. And I'm not just talking about us Black people, I'm talking about all sorts of diversity, not making the room. And even if you are, then you have to be really mindful about how you go about that, right? So the reason why I think people feel the way I feel, 
which is I don't have a sense of belonging or I am not being seen, I am not being heard, I am not being acknowledged. It's because we're not in the industry. We, we cannot see ourselves in the reflection, in the mirror, right, of the screen in front of us. And that is the issue that I'm having. And this has actually caused me to take a bit of a step to the side, not away, to the side and reevaluate how I show up, where I show up, when I show up, and why I show up to where I choose to be. Because the other side to this is that when we do show up, we're being asked to do things that we get no reward for, no monetary value of, right? So we're doing things out of the goodness of our hearts to share knowledge and experiences and, and being vulnerable to an audience in which we gain nothing from. And that's not fair game, right? Because when I've been out here asking for sponsorship for my podcast so that I can do it and still do my full-time job, there's not a lot of hands being raised and saying, yes, I would love to do that with you and partner with you. But there are for uh, as an industry as a whole, I'm not pointing at specific companies, there are many opportunities out there, just not for everyone at all time. That's the issue that I'm having with DNI. I appreciate you sharing that for all of our listeners, for all of our viewers. I just want you to know that we see you, we hear yeah. you, we feel you, and we love you. And, and who would have thought the cold call? Cold calling podcast would bring love, but we just want you to know that, hey, we we got you. Keep rocking and rolling. It all comes from love at the end of the day. And if anyone out there want to practice, need more support, like I'm always here to do that. I love to do sessions. I love to give back to those who are interested. So please, please do reach out. Thank you, Larry. Yes, yes. Tap, tap the banner, connect <laughs> with Gallum. She is there to support. I can tell you that you won't find a better friend just from experience. Yeah. Now, I appreciate you sharing that. And I know that you have your own podcast. What is your legacy? I'm going to, I'm going to stack two questions. Mm -hmm. What caused you, what was the impetus for you to start that podcast? And then I would, I'm curious as well, what is your legacy? Hmm. Great. So I'll start with the first one. Uh, what made me started was an unfortunate event where uh, my foster mom, Annette, she passed away of cancer. And I, at the time, was not even living at home, right? I was living in the US when this happened. And so after her death, I had all these questions and I was just wondering, what was the purpose of her life? Like, she did so much for so many other people and including me and my siblings and my family for years without anything in return, no expectations. And she, she, she became this person in the neighborhood, in the small town in which I grew up, that everyone knew, everyone loved, like everyone felt safe to come to, right? Like she was the mom. And so I just was so curious to what was the purpose and what was the meaning that she wanted to have and, and the impact she wanted to leave in this world with all the people that she's helped and supported and nurtured and loved. And I didn't know. So for a while, I was lost, right? With losing her, I was really lost. And I didn't know her at the court. And she didn't share this. And when she was sick, she did not talk about her sickness. She just kind of kept it moving, right? That was her mindset. That was just how she chose to show up. 
So I had all these questions and I thought, I don't want this to happen to other people around me in the future. So I want to have this time capsule just in a moment of speaking to people about what their intentions are with their life and their legacy, if there is such thing for people to leave behind. And so that their families have something to come back to and anchor themselves to and remember you for, right? So I had you on, Larry, in the early stages of the podcast. And I would hope that in the future, your kids, your grandkids, right, can come back to that conversation. They can hear you speak. They can watch you. They can understand you a little bit better, right? Um, so anyway, that was why the podcast started. Um, well, my legacy is it's pretty simple. Um, well, first of all, after I watched this uh, Netflix documentary about life on Earth, I just lost all sense of hope of any legacy because it could just be destroyed and die at any time anyway. So no one's going to know us, but um, I still want to have a meaning in the life I do get to live uh, for the next generations to come. And for me, it's about having and giving unconditional love. So the ability to give and receive unconditional love, that's what I hope for my legacy to be. Wow, that, that is strong. Now, thank you for sharing that. From all the conversations that you've had, any common themes or is it truly individualistic to each and every person? Any common threads or commonalities from those conversations around yeah, legacy? There actually is. Um, I mean, first of all, it's been a while since I've done episodes for the podcast. It's still out there. I highly encourage people to listen to it. I will at some point come back to it. But again, as I mentioned, sponsorships is going to be important. My day-to-day -day and my job and my career is really important to me. And I want to be able to spend my time and effort into that and not spend time on the mundane things that a podcast can do. <laughs> I just don't have the ability, energy to do this. So at some point, I will come back to the podcast when the time is right. But um, the themes that I've noticed in all of these 73 conversations so far that you can find on the podcast is family. So Larry, if you remember, one of the questions that I asked at the very end was, if you have 72 hours to live on this earth, the last three days, what would you do? How would you spend your time? And what came, and I listened and re-listened to these conversations. And what came out of it, the main biggest takeaway was family, spending quality time with my family, but also leaving some sort of lessons behind for them, right? So what that did for me and what I learned from, from doing this podcast and having these conversations was I started about two and a half, maybe three years ago now-ish, I started a video diary for myself so that I can keep these moments of reflection and, and teaching moments in the future to my future kids, my future grandkids, you know, to my family to my future partner at the time, right? All these little things that I did in the video diary. So the takeaway from this is that, yes, there's a theme and main one was always family that people wanted to connect back with and share the love, share the lessons learned from life with them so they can learn from them, mistakes, good or bad. Um, and then what I took away from this was starting those video diaries for myself. And that's something you can then do for yourself. It started as a therapy for myself, really. I was in a really tough time in life on a personal level. I didn't know how to deal with everything. It was very overwhelming. And so I started recording videos. 
And then I just kept on going, going for about a year and a half, a little bit longer. And it was so helpful for my mental well-being. Um, so yeah, that that's what I would recommend highly for anyone. You can do it in any format. It can be video, it can be audio, right? Just kind of document your your thoughts, your feelings, your experiences over time. Wow, Galen, way to put a, a, a bow on this. This was amazing. You dropped knowledge around cold calling, around sales, around mindset, around diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging. But this right here is powerful. When, when I hear legacy of unconditional love, when I hear that common theme of quality time with family, I encourage all of our listeners, all of our viewers, please take heed that yes, what you're doing is important and even more important is what you're doing for yourself and those around you, those relationships with family, that quality time, being able to leave lessons and leave your legacy, just keep that in mind. Sometimes we get so enveloped by just the day-to-day minutia. I got to make 150 calls. I got to send 50 emails. I got to send this number of emails that we lose that main thing. And, 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 and Gallum, I'm going to tell you that. And, and really, I'm going to tell anyone listening, let's go ahead and get Gallum a sponsor. She deserves it. The What Is Your Legacy podcast deserves to be sponsored. Those messages that she's serving as the bridge to providing and the impact that she's having deserve support and sponsorship. So let, let's go ahead and rally to make that happen. And Gallum, you don't even know this. Our conversation, this was probably two and a half years ago. I remember it because I was noodling on a podcast. Should yeah. I start a podcast? And I was overwhelmed. I said, yeah. oh, good. And you said, hey, I'll walk you through step by step yeah. by step. And I just wasn't ready. Yeah. And I've been fortunate and blessed that Monster Connect has powered this, yeah. this podcast to allow us to have this conversation. And I am going to do whatever I can in my power to make sure that we get you powered up with the What Is Your Legacy podcast because it, it, it needs to be told and yep. told and told. And you're at, did I hear 74 episodes? So I've done, I've recorded 73 in total. So 73. Far. We need to keep that going. So we're going to find you a sponsor by hook or by crook. Now we've come <laughs> to the end of our time. I'm going to give you the last word. Any last words that you want to share with our sales professionals, our cold callers, our sales leaders that are listening and tuning in. What do you want to share with them? Especially, we're right. We're knocking on the door to 2024. It's right around the corner. What it sure is. It sure is. The, the biggest thing I have learned recently from just observing reps and, and friends in the field and people that I've mentored this year is use your authentic voice in your messages, in your conversations. Don't put up the customer support voice when you're calling, you know, prospects. Use your own authentic voice. Don't try to write a message, an email or LinkedIn pitch that you, you, how, like how you normally wouldn't communicate with someone, right? Just because you have a template doesn't mean that you can apply that template and use that at all in given times. 
if that is not how you sound like, if that doesn't come across like you. Because what I love to see the most is when reps can take something, an idea, a framework, and they can take it, make it their own, and then apply it. That's the best thing you can do is to make it your own. But what that does is it requires you to spend some additional time to, to fully be able to do that. So that is my biggest takeaway is try to use your authentic voice in this setting as much as possible so that it sounds and feels like you, because that's when you're going to get really confident in your abilities to succeed with that in a repeatable way and a process. Wow. Authenticity, FTW for the win. Gallum, thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Wishing you yes. continued success from the bottom of my heart. And very rarely, I mean, with all the microphones I got, very <laughs> rarely am I at a loss. Yeah, I can't stop. Won't stop. I, I uh, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it quit. Oh but, my uh, goodness. <laughs> I am truly at a loss for words and just not, nothing but love for, for you and you. all that you do. You are appreciated. Now, I, so I encourage our, our Monster Connect, our Cold Calling Podcast family, connect with Gallum. Let's boost her up. Let's find her that sponsor and uh, just give her thanks for dropping so much knowledge. Uh, with that, we're going to wrap a reminder. Please join us next Wednesday. We're looking at December 27th. Oh, my goodness. Time is flying. But we're going to be back. Same bad place. Same bad time. 1 o'clock Eastern, 10 o'clock a.m. Pacific. And, and, and Gallum, we appreciate you joining us all the way across the pond in London by way of Sweden, by way of Eritrea. Did I get that right? Eritrea, yeah. Yes. shucks i love it so we will see everyone next wednesday thank you again signing off thank you peace, love and hair grease <laughs> <laughs> thank you <Callum. laughs>